Hello and welcome to the Diction Police. I'm your host, Ellen Rissinger, an American vocal coach accompanist on the music staff of the Zemperoper in Dresden, Germany. Happy spring! This week is the other half of my conversation with Tuscan tenor Giorgio Berrugi with the texts O del mio dolce ardor and Petrarch Sonnet number 104, Pace non trovo. We talk about whether or not to make glottals in Italian, some irregular verbs that you may run across, some standard suffixes with stressed E, and the importance of knowing every meaning of your lines in an opera. Back when I was doing young artist programs, I had one program director who liked to get all of us yaps together once a week or so and discuss topics that were relative to the business, often laying down tough challenges or critiques for us to sort through. And in retrospect, he was pretty much dead on. One week, he basically told us flat out that we were all illiterate. Not illiterate in the sense that we couldn't read, but in the sense that we hadn't really read and studied the classic literature that's shaped our society. And quite honestly, he was right. I am and have always been a big reader, but I hadn't really read many classic novels, preferring to stick with my crime novels, which I still prefer, for even today. In high school, we had read The Count of Monte Cristo, a little Edgar Allan Poe, and one or two Shakespeare plays, but did anyone have any Petrarch sonnets on their high school or college reading lists? Chaucer? And as opera people, we know of Goethe's Faust, but have any of us really read it? Or read the Christopher Marlowe, The Tragical History of Dr. Faustus? These are things that have not only shaped language, but also affect the way we view the world today. Obviously, it's impossible to work through all of the classic literature in the world, but the fabulous thing nowadays is that most of it's just a click away. There are tons of websites that offer classic literature free either to read on their website or to download for Kindle. Probably the most prolific one is Project Gutenberg, which has already built up a huge library of books that are in the public domain, many in original language as well as English translation, and in several formats from Adobe to Kindle to audiobooks. Of course, copyright laws are different in different countries, so make sure to double check the laws of whatever country you're in before you download anything. I'll post links to some of the websites I found, as well as the texts for today at the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. Don't forget the the. Our first text is O del mio dolce ardor, an aria from the opera Pari de Elena by Christoph Willibald Ritter von Gluck and librettist Ranieri de Calzabigi. Gluck and Calzabigi collaborated on three operas in total, including Gluck's most famous opera, Orfeo ed Euridice. Together they managed to change the face of opera by breaking away from the traditions of opera seria, which was the fashion throughout most of the 1700s. O del mio dolce ardor, bramato getto, l'aura che tu respiri al fin respiro. Ovunque il guardo io giro, le tue vaghe sembianze, amore in me dipinge. Il mio pensier si finge, le più liete speranze, e nel desio, che così m'empie il petto, cerco te, chiamo te, spero e sospiro. That was Giorgio Berrugi reading O del mio dolce ardor from the 24 Italian songs in Aria's book. And there's just a couple of, of vowel sounds I want to be sure of. So we yeah. have we have this these E's that are after a J glide here. Il mio pensier. 
So then they're open. Pensier. And the same thing in the next, in the little next sentence. Le più liete speranze. So oftentimes after liete. this J glide, the E will be open. Mm. And then we have, in the next line, we have... E nel desio. So the stress desio. syllable is the I. Is the letter I, right? Yeah. Oh, and the voiced S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then my favorite topic after that, K. K. And then Cosi. Cosi. <laughs> See, and now here again, this is one of my favorite things because you can't tell from looking at Italian which is going to be the stress yeah. syllable then right after oh, that. Oh, menchie. So we have desio, where we have the I as the stress syllable, and here we have the letter E as the stress syllable, which yeah. is the first one. Menchie, yeah. And closed. Yeah, yeah. We had talked a little bit on the other, on one of the other songs about doubling consonants. So after this, this word O, do you double the next consonant? No, because in this type, when you, when you do the music very old like this one, mm -hmm. every consonant has every time to do very, very like honey. Uh-huh. <laughs> never, never. I, I know that now we have, uh, in Italy we call hysteria <laughs> uh, mode uh -huh. of, of doing some ancient music. When, when you sing in an in ancient area, in most of cases you have to do the consonant really, more, I don't know, but mellifluous. Yeah, mellifluous. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah. softer, gentler. It's very softer. Not oh oh del mio dolce dolce. If I have to, to say with like eh, dolce ardor ardor. If I have to, to say ardor in Mascani, it's ardor. Yeah, more no, with the verismo style. Ardor. With the verismo, yeah. Bramato getto. So and, even the doubles. I mean, you double them, but they're not doubles. Yeah, yeah. It's it's double for the length. But not so intense. Bramato, bramato, this is a veristic. Bramato, getto, bramato. It's impossible to say in an ancient song very strong consonant. And every time, like I, I was like in Traviata, lunge da lei, in this case it, it will be lunge da lei. It'll because be softer, it's more yeah. softer, more elegant. Way and you have to to search uh, <laughs> something that 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 is uh, philological, uh, yeah. No, something that's for the, for the time yeah, period, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, and then we get we get all these things that what I do. These are all verbs that I do, which is why all yeah. these endings are. Cerco te, chiamo te, spero e sospiro. So we have. Cerco, which is closed, yeah. but spero, which is open. Spero. So yeah. we have the we have the the two versions yeah. of them there. You talked about doing the the consonants a little bit gentler, a little softer yeah. in this style of music. So and we had said before in one of the arias that we would double R's at the beginning of words. How would that play in here with the beginning of this aria? Laura che tu. Laura che tu che no not che tu che tu che tu respiri so it's just it's we wouldn't double the t too much on che no, no, tu no. even though che tu respiri che tu respiri and just a soft non scroll che tu. Yeah. but in another music we we have absolutely to do che tu respiri and the r here you can hear it's not it's not respiri no no just a light just yeah, a light yeah. roll 
Respiri is a verb, no? It's like... Um, you breathe. You breathe, yeah. yeah. So it's... I think never had the art meaning. Yeah. <laughs> Giorgio had said that in this style of music, we shouldn't double some of those words that get that rule of raddoppiamento, and that we should also soften up the consonants just in general. Honestly, I've never heard this before from any Italian or diction teacher, and I don't have any other way of verifying it except to keep asking around about it, so I'll get back to you on that one. In any case, I wanted to point out two things that we discussed. First, we saw in the words desio and mempie that there's no consistency to where the stressed syllable is in a word. In desio, it's the I, just like in the word io. But in mempie, it's that first E, so the I just becomes a J-glide. Unfortunately, there's no rule for this. Just think of the names Mario and Maria. Oftentimes, the music will make it clear by placing a strong syllable on a strong beat. But if you're unsure, look up unknown words in a dictionary. Second, I wanted to talk about the word così, così. Remember that Giorgio is from Tuscany, which is the dialect that's considered Hochitalienisch, where they make the diction rules from. So he unvoices this S in così, così. Generally, an S between two vowels will be voiced to a phonetic Z, but there are some exceptions according to the rules, and this is one of them. However, I had dinner with a student of mine, and she had listened to episode 27, where we had discussed the aria Una Hora Amorosa, and she was more confused than ever about così, 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 and the adjective ending OSO that we've also mentioned a few times previously as to whether or not she should coach someone to unvoice or voice the S's. Now, on this podcast, I try to present the actual rules and other people's opinions and not to give my opinion on breaking rules like this in languages that I'm not a native speaker of. But this time, I'll make an exception. My personal solution is to always explain the rule, make sure the singer knows the rule, and then break the rule and coach singers to voice them. If you listen to many great Italian singers, you'll hear significantly more often that they voice these intervocalic S's. And all of the Italian coaches I've talked to so far have voiced them in these specific cases. So while Giorgio is absolutely right, I do consciously break this rule often. This doesn't make me right, but it's what I do, and it seems to go along with the majority of what I've heard in my research, in spite of what the rule books say. Our second text today is Petrarch Sonnet 104, Pace non trovo. Francesco Petrarca was an Italian poet and scholar in the 14th century, a leader of the humanist movement in the Renaissance. Composer Franz Liszt set three of his works in Tre Sonetti del Petrarca. The tenor version of this is most well known, but there's also a version for baritone. Liszt also transcribed these songs for piano solo in his Année du Pèlerinage. Pace non trovo, e non ho da far guerra, e temo, e spero, ed ardo, e sono in ghiaccio, e volo sopra il cielo, e giaccio in terra, e nulla stringo, e tutto il mondo abbraccio. Tal ma in prigion, che non m'apre, né serra, né per suo mi ritien, né scioglie il laccio, e non m'uccide amor, e non mi sferra, né mi vuol vivo, né mi trae d'impaccio. 
Veggio senza occhi e non ho lingua e grido e bramo di perir e cheggio aita ed ho in odio me stesso ed amo altrui. Pascomi di dolor, piangendo rido, egualmente mi spiace morte e vita, in questo stato son donna per voi. That was Giorgio Berrugi reading one of the Petrarch sonnets, Petrarca. Yeah. And this is my favorite poem ever. Yeah. I just think this is, it's <laughs> so great because everything is the opposite. So when you're translating it, it's, I think it, it's not yeah, to yeah, make yeah. it easier, but I think it really shows you the range yeah, yeah, yeah. of the language. And I'm going to start right off with one that is always a question mark in my book, because honestly, in my dictionary, temo, it says it can be either open or closed. Yeah. So my question is, would you say this one more open or more closed? Temo. You would say more open. Temere. Which is make some closed. Temere. So the, the infinitive would be all closed, but yeah, yeah. this then open. And again, we had had lieto and we had all those words that had um, pensier, that had that I with the open E, and here again we have a U with an open E. Guerra. Okay, so the, the U, <laughs> we pronounce the U here, right? We actually say gua. Guerra, yeah, right. guerra. But when we have yeah, the, yeah. the H, ghiaccio, then we have it sort of backwards. Mm. As opposed to goa, now we have gia with a j yeah. glide. Gia, yeah. in this guy. Exactly, this case. so right below that I we stay, have... yeah, on the earth, yeah. Yeah, and the only thing difference is, the only difference is that H. So we have gia, yeah, yeah. giaccio and giaccio. Giaccio e giaccio, giaccio. G, g. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we also get... L's that are that have an apostrophe before them. Yeah, Why? it's il cielo. Il volo sopra il cielo. So would you sopra il cielo? It's uh, yeah, in abbreviation. Yeah, so we just mm. don't say the I sound all them. We just yeah, go straight yeah, from yeah. the L, the A to the sopra L. Sopra il cielo. Yeah, and the same thing. Yeah, yeah, there. because we have the, the vowel before, no? Exactly. So you you can do it, but not with the modern Italian. It's right. An ancient, so yeah. Tutto il mondo. Sopra il cielo. Yeah. Like this. And, and there are differences between old Italian and, and modern, like, like prigione, here we have two G's. Is, is, are there two G's in modern Italian? No. That's no, it's one, 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 only one. But so we would still say this in the old-fashioned way? Would yeah, prigione, yeah, 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 absolutely. Okay. And, and here we also have this E with the accent. Yeah, ne. Which makes it closed. Close, yeah, yeah. As opposed to... Ne serra. Ooh. This is, yep. This is uh, an open. <laughs> Close it open back to back. This is uh, a difficult, I think. Ne scioglie il laccio. It's not uh, difficult for you. <laughs> ne scioglie. Scioglie. Yeah. Exactly. Well, the hard thing about that one is, I think that i in the middle of it, because we have the s, the sci basically just. Ah, scioglie. Mm. No, no, no. No, the, yeah, yeah. the sci scioglie. just becomes sh. Yeah, yeah. But then after the open O, then we have the Y. Y, yeah. And we, but we have to get from there to the, to the closed E. Yeah, yeah. And I think we, most Americans would probably hang on to that sholie. We want to get to that E sound. But there's no, there's actually no real E in it. It's Y. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very, very short. And there's a few words that 
that I, they're, they're used in an old, the old-fashioned way. We have, at the beginning of the third verse, Veggio senza occhi. Exactly, which, is, which comes from the verb Vedere. But it's old-fashioned, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we don't use it anymore. So, I think it's just important to know... Vedo, now, now it's vedo. Veggio senza occhi. Yeah. It's an old... And I think that there's that one and there's also... Keggio aita. That's another one we don't use. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chiedere e bramo e chiedo aita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chiedo. Yeah. So in that sense, I mean, they're, they're ones that we're not going to... I can't even find them in my dictionary, and I have a huge dictionary. <laughs> but I think it's a, they're, they're important ones to know that, that in old arias and yeah, old songs, yeah, you yeah, see yeah, this, yeah, this yeah. form of it all the time. And I think in other forms of the verb, you still see this beginning to it, too, like vegente, I think I saw in the video. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, vegente we can use yeah. now, yeah, yeah. But mm, if you if you view the hotel words are not so different from this one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, and Kejo, I mean, I've seen, I'm trying to, I think even Mozart, you'll find Kejo yeah, yeah, in yeah. a lot of things. I think one other thing that I think is, is fun to say in a row because it sounds so similar. Edo in odio. Edo in odio. <laughs> Edo in odio. <laughs> It just feels like a bunch of vowels in a row, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to me for a second about glottal stops in Italian. I mean, you read it stopping, and I think you stopped to make to make the point of what the vowels sound like, right? But when you speak Italian, do you actually make those breaks like we do in German and English? Normally, we have very little use of glotted. In the, the, the singing, never, never use the glotted. Yeah. Never, 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 never. I don't know if in speak, yeah, in speak, but it's never so hard like in the Deutsch. Yeah. Never, no, because uh, you know, I, I, my feeling about this glotted shout, uh huh, is become at my mind only when I start to speak and sing in German. Mm-hmm. Before. I never did, did. I never had this question. <laughs> never, never. Okay. And also now I have some some point to discuss about the, yeah. the, the, the legato for me has more importance because also in Italian, if we have two vowels like e aita, mm -hmm. e aiutami, I can I can I cannot speak e aiutami. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. When we speak, I, I say, e aiutami. Mm -hmm. Tu aiutami. Io entro. Mm -hmm. It's a very soft... It's not io entro, no? It's just it's very stopping soft, the sound. A, a little stop in the sound. But when you sing, would you but say... But when you sing, it's impossible to do it. Io entro. The, the singing, the lyrics singing has this rule. Yeah. That delegato on the vowels is more important that the 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 comprehensibility yeah comprehensibility of, very good comprehensibility of, of this uh, of this transition in vowels yeah and this is one of, one of my favorite moments of this poem since it's my favorite is when it says eramo altrui and there we get the long u vowel right yeah yeah eramo altrui which yeah. means and i love Others. And, uh, someone who and belongs others. to another yeah, and yeah. others. 
I love that because finally we understand yeah, yeah, what's yeah. been happening in the whole yeah, poem, yeah, yeah, why yeah, he's yeah, saying yeah. all of this. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get, a, a, again, all of these back and forth. Yeah, yeah, Pasco means mi Pasco, yeah, di dolor. Yeah. yeah, it's a reflexive verb, right? Yeah, mi Pasco is like uh, um, mi nutrisco. Yeah, is I nourish the, myself. No, I nutrish myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we have, here we have a couple of standard endings on things. So in the gerund form, all the ing forms yeah, yeah. we have. Piangendo. So it's the open e. Yeah, si, si. And here we have another one that's a closed, but it's not. Igualmente, yeah. So M-E-N-T yeah, yeah. is closed, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to think of other words that have it. Igualmente, certamente. Certamente. Natural is it? Naturalmente, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that we, that we see a lot. In the last sentence, we get the open and then the closed. Donna per voi. Yeah. <laughs> and voi, two sounds. Glottals. I wanted to make this point because English and German languages both need glottals to make the language understandable. But in lyric Italian, there are no glottals. It's easy to let them slip in in order to make sure that we get all of those vowels in the proper place and order. So be vigilant with your legato and don't let glottal sneak into it. Just to recap the common suffixes we had here, the gerund ending ENDO, which corresponds to the ING verbs in English, is an open E, while the E in MENTE, MENTE, which corresponds to the adverb ending LY in English, is closed. And we also mentioned the words queggio and veggio. Queggio is from the verb chiedere, to ask, veggio from vedere, to see. And you probably won't find them in this form in your dictionary, although I did find the slightly different forms of chiego and veggio in my 501 Italian Verbs book, in parentheses. And Marcy Stapp does have these in her Singer's Guide to Languages in a list of irregular verb stems. These are good forms to memorize because they do come up, and if you don't remember them, you might be searching for them for a while. As far as open or closed E's, they seem to follow the pattern of their modern counterpart. Since vedo is closed, veggio is also closed. Since quiero is open, queggio or chiego is also open. In researching this sonnet online, one of the things that I didn't like was that my favorite part of the text is never translated the way I would translate it. I made a big deal in the interview about the word altrui, which follows the pattern of words like lui, so the u is stressed and the i glides off. According to Harper's Collins Sansoni, altrui means someone else's, another's, in the possessive form. But online, the most often given translation for this phrase is, I detest myself and for another burn. Think of the difference in the text if you say, I detest myself and I burn for another's, as in someone who belongs to someone else. This makes a whole lot more sense, since Petrarch was known for his sonnets to Laura, the wife of another man. This is why it's always important to do our own translations and not just look through CD liners or trust online translations. Giorgio and I got to talking a little more generally about the importance of really understanding the text completely, and he used an example from the opening of La Traviata. The Dalai Lama said, compassion is not our word. 
it has a very incredible number of meanings different than your word. So you, you can't translate every time with compassion. It's not compassion. Yeah. It's not the, the, the thing that we are... So in Italian also, in every language, every word has a different meaning. And yeah. uh, when you are working on a opera, when you don't have a very long period, this is very dangerous. Because every time that's the possibility that you are doing wrong. Yeah. If you only uh, read the, the translation of the term, yeah. you never know what is the meaning. Yeah. There, there are some words that are static, and there are some words that are not static. Yeah. And that's why a number of time I have uh, to fight with a regime. Mm, director, yeah, because he doesn't know the the, the exact. Okay, yeah. if you if you if you read the translation in German or in English, you you can't know it. S yeah. Such type of errors that I, I know that yeah. it's difficult. But if if you if you don't know what happened, these are the point in the opera that every time are weak. But if you don't know what are you saying, what has why. In, in example, no? Violetta say sarò lebe che verza. Mm -hmm. What? And uh, Alfredo say e chio bramo immortal come quella. Okay. What is this term? She she does she doesn't know him, but she do an incredible joke with him. Sarò lebe che verza. <laughs> is a mythologic metaphor right. about the air. She thinks that she okay, that Alfredo is only a countryman that know nothing exactly, about no education. Uh, no education. And if if I say e che bravo immortal come quella with a, a great smile, mm -hmm. okay, it's empty. Yeah. But because that's not provocation. He is got to react because he reacted because he know what she is uh, speaking of, mm -hmm. and for a person that know what yeah. she thinks, it's incredibly an offense. This yeah. thing, yeah, because okay, I'm young, I'm from the country, but I know this thing. Yeah. Do you know that I know and I'm not a child? Part that aren't aria or do it are incredibly dramatic. But if you don't do this part with a great power in it, and you don't know every word, this opera is only an empty show, part of the show. Exactly. Okay? It's very difficult, but every time is like that. Yeah. The more difficult part is not the aria. Right. The, the, the story comes not from the art. Right, exactly. Every time from the, the yeah, action. Because, the, yeah, well, the aria is just the moment in time to talk about what you're feeling in that moment. Yeah. But the rest yeah, of it yeah, is yeah, the storyline, yeah. exactly. We started off by saying that every word can have many meanings in every language, and this is totally true. Just as a quick example, I opened up my dictionary to finire, which lists everything from to finish or to complete, all the way to to eat up, to polish off, or to run out of. So when you're working on your translations, be sure to check out all the meanings listed, not just the first one. 
Because of the poetic nature of our business, sometimes the fifth or sixth meaning is more appropriate than the first, or it might throw a double meaning into the mix. And in the opening, I talked about being literate, and Giorgio's example is exactly what I'm talking about. In the case of Alfredo and Violetta in La Traviata, the exact lines are, Sarò lebe che versa, I will be hebe, who pours. I don't know how we say her name in English anymore, it's been too long. <laughs> to which Alfredo responds, E che bramo immortal come quella, and I wish that you may be immortal like she is. Giorgio's right, you can just say the lines exactly as they are. But he's also right that if Alfredo takes her lines as an insult to his education, it's much more interesting drama. He surprises her by being educated, which might pique Violetta's interest even more. But first you have to know who Hebe is. Most of us know her successor Ganymede better. In Greek mythology, Hebe was the cupbearer to the gods until she married Heracles, or Hercules. Mythological references run throughout opera. Another that comes to mind immediately is in the fourth act finale of Marriage of Figaro. Figaro himself sings in just a very rough translation. Everything is calm, beautiful Venus has entered with the handsome Mars, and I, as a modern-day Vulcan, can catch them in my trap. It's gorgeous music and a welcome slow section through all the hysteria of the fourth act of Marriage of Figaro, but it's also good to know that the Roman goddess Venus was married to Vulcan, the not-so-good-looking god of fire, but had an affair with Mars, the very handsome god of war, which totally fits this situation. Of course, you can still sing the lines beautifully without knowing the reference to mythology, but knowing it gives a new depth to Figaro as an educated man. A servant wouldn't have studied mythology, so this could change your characterization. And since I've already mentioned him, there is a very famous Schubert song called Ganymed, again, based on the mythological cupbearer to the gods. Knowing this, the architecture of the piece makes more sense, especially that he would go upwärts at the call of his Allliebender Vater. Not knowing this, it's just the title of the song. If you haven't studied mythology, much of the basic information we as opera people need is in Wikipedia under Roman or Greek mythology with separate entries for each god as well. And I found a few websites dedicated to the subject too. But the best book of stories that I found is still the Edith Hamilton book, Mythology. I'll post links to these resources at the blog. And that's all for today. If you'd like to know more about Giorgio Berrugi, or if you have any questions or comments for me, Ellen Rissinger, please visit the blog at www.thedictionpolice.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go to iTunes and give it a high rating so that others can find it and benefit from it. Thanks for listening. See you next week.